Good afternoon and welcome to the BWS podcast. My name is Ethan Lawson and I want to introduce my friend Danny. How you doing Danny? Good, how are you sir? I am fantastic. Um, Join the first podcast for BWS. I'm excited to be here. Yeah? Yeah. Well you're the first guest so we'll see Woo! how this goes. I'm a winner. Sure. I'm a winner, <laughs> I'm a track uh, So Danny... Where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in L.A., Sun Valley, California. Um, lived there until I was eight, and my mom was in the Air Force. Okay. So, it brought us around the U.S. a little bit, went to Louisiana for a couple years, and ended up here in lovely Virginia. Oh, okay. So, you didn't choose to come to Virginia? I did not. Oh, okay. What uh, age did you come to Virginia? I was... Ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. So eight years in LA. Right under eight years, yeah. Right under. My eighth birthday was in Louisiana, but that was like a month later. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. Just about eight years. Uh, do you remember anything about LA? Yeah, earthquakes. Okay. The smell. What smell like? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the concrete jungle. <laughs> the concrete jungle man um no but my dad and all my my dad's side of the family still lives there so i went back every summer for two months oh when you when you left with your mom Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah i went back every summer for two months until i was about like 16 or so because sports and all that kind of got in the way so i would go for like maybe two weeks or a week or something like that Mm -hmm. gotcha um I don't really know where to go from here. Hold on a second. So you have been in Virginia. How mm. long you been in Virginia? I've been here since 2000. Well, actually, a better question is, how old are you now? I will be 32 this year. Okay, so you've been here since you were 10-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, how do you like Virginia? I love it. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been here... 29 years, and I've wanted to get out for probably 11 of them. Until you go somewhere else, and you realize <laughs> that the grass is not greener on the other side. Well, I don't know. I went and visited one of my friends from high school up in West Virginia. and It's terrible. I, and I love the shit out of it. No, West Virginia is great. It's just like here. I mean, you get all the seasons. You can hunt, fish, snowboard, you know, dirt bike. You can do everything. Mm-hmm. We're like... In the concrete jungle, I got to travel far to do any of that. Well, it is LA. Yeah. Versus like the rest of the other parts of California. Right. Where but you can go towards the woods and stuff like that. Right. So you go way up north, which just right about to, from LA to Santa Rosa, six hours. Oh, God. Or San Francisco, six hours. Uh-huh. Santa Rosa, where some of my family lives, is seven hours. And then you get, you get woods and, you know, start doing things outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. But even from there, when you want to go camping or anything like that, you still got to travel another two hours north. Yeah, well, so I mean, I can see that. There's a lot of people that uh, worked with at the hospital or like knew from being a medic and everything that they would leave. Be like, yeah, I want to go get this awesome job in like Florida or uh, over towards the West Coast or in the middle of the U.S. and uh, 
they pop back up like a year or two. It's like, hey, what are you doing back? Oh, I miss Virginia so much. I love it here. You know, I want to raise my kids here and all this kind of stuff. But uh, I didn't do a lot of traveling right. when I grew up because my dad was more of like a homebody kind mm-hmm. of guy. And uh, See, I did lots of traveling. Oh, okay. Overseas here. Um, but like my dad wanted me to come back to L.A., but I just couldn't because I want to raise my kids here. Mm-hmm. I got two boys and... It's just not the environment I want them raised in. Yeah. So. Well, and you don't want them smelling shit all day. <laughs> That's very true. That's very <laughs> true. Uh, well, you said overseas. You're uh, ex-military, right? Uh, I am. How long were you in the military? Four years. That's right. It's 13 Bravo Field Artillery. I enjoyed it. Glad it's over. Do you wish you could have stayed in? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, the benefits are nice. Oh, yeah. Pay sucks. Yeah. But the benefits are nice. Um, if you can get all the way through your 20, 25 years, that's when it's worth it. But it's hard to get to that point just because it's a lot of BS. Yeah. And you have, they own you. So, it's tough. Well, and you had a kid at one point. Mm-hmm, just seeing a dad. I just, it was hard. Yeah. So, when it was time to go, I just took it. I probably would have read up if I was, if I would have still been married. Mm-hmm. I'd, have, I'd have probably read up. And stayed in another four, six, eight, I don't know. So, is that why when you left the military, you joined the fire department, or...? Uh, well, I did the fire department since I was 15. Because mm-hmm. um, my stepdad was a firefighter paramedic. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a nurse, so it was kind of like what we did. Yeah, that kind of family legacy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Nice. And I started the flame. Yeah, now you're fighting the flame. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Well, good. Um... Yeah, you definitely couldn't keep anything private around here. No, absolutely not. Everybody screaming in the background. Mm -hmm. Saying I like cheese and shit. Yeah. Chili pepper. I want your life. I want your life. I don't want your life. (laughs) Jesus. I was telling him earlier that when he turns the lights on, like in the morning at 7, like when I'm in there, or like we had a bad night or something, and he, I think he was talking about something like... You know, I hear that this guy, you know, he yells at everybody and everybody calls him an asshole. And I'm like, dude, every fucking morning that you turn those lights on and you just are in one of those moods like it's last day before our long break, uh, you'll start screaming and yelling and singing and, you know, banging on this and making all kinds of noise. And it's like 7.01 or like 6.59 and I can hear you outside of the hallway I just I have these random images of just either punching you in the face or just grabbing you and just throwing you against the fucking locker. Mm-hmm. He's like, "What? How dare you?" He's just a big morning person. <laughs> he is. He's not a he's not a morning person when he comes into work though. No. Like no. it takes him a good yeah, it's when he's a couple leaving. of hours. Yeah. It's when he's leaving that he's all enthusiastic about being awake. 
Uh, so how do you like being in the fire department? It's a love-hate relationship. Alright. Why do you love it? Actually, you know what? Let's go with the negative first. Why do you hate it? Um, I guess there's not much that I hate about it. It's the... F I don't... I'm, I've been doing it so long, I'm over the 24-hour shifts. Yeah. Um, I've done enough of them. <laughs> I'm ready to stop doing them. Yeah. But uh, besides that, there's nothing much to hate about the job. We get to help people, fight fires, you know, brotherhood, but the downfall is just being away from home all the time. Yeah. Even though we work 24 hours and you think it's a day, it's still most of one day and 12 or eight hours of the next day. So yeah. it, it's just a lot of time away. That's it. That's my negative. Well, and you got two kids. Yep. And you're married, so. Yeah. It makes it tough, makes life tough. You gotta have a strong woman on the other side, otherwise shit would fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, and your wife's a nurse, so. Yeah. She's got a crazy schedule, too, so that always makes it fun. Yep. Well, I'm a positive. But why I like the fire service, I kind of already said it, but. It's not the monotonous calls or the ones, the regulars. It's the occasional, or it's the it's the once a week or you know once a shift. You get to actually help the person who actually needs help. Mm -hmm. You know, the one who actually is having an emergency. Yeah, those may get worth it, or the other fifty calls make you cuss a few times. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, right? That's in any job. So. And sometimes you get shitty freaking supervisors. Sometimes you get a great supervisor. Sometimes you get shitty coworkers. Sometimes you get great coworkers. Mm -hmm. So, you know. But I love it because I love helping people. Yeah. And, I mean, you are, like you were saying, being stuck with... A shitty crew for 24 hours can make things difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> makes That's a job true. more difficult. Absolutely. Makes being in the fire service worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when you do have a good crew, those 24 hours don't seem like 24 hours. No, they fly by. That's for sure. But yeah. Shit, you can even have one of those rough days where you're running 15 calls and you got a good crew, and yeah, yeah it sucks. And yeah, you're a little tired, but it goes by a whole lot better. Hell yeah, especially when you're on the medic and you got somebody you enjoy riding with. It's like you laugh when you wake up at 2, 3, 4, and 5 a.m. for some BS calls. You can just laugh about it because you're so tired and you don't really care because you're with somebody that's fun. Yep. But if I had to do that with somebody that had such a negative attitude about everything, it would make those four calls terrible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's all about who you're with. Yep. Somebody that you can rely on, you know, that you're not worried about, oh, great, what am I going to have to deal with now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually, I worked with a, I didn't work with her. I worked on a different shift than she did, and she got caught reading a newspaper in the back with a medic, like, with a medical call. Like, while the other person was doing the stuff, she pulled out a newspaper. 
and was reading a newspaper. <laughs> wow. What a great time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, she was terrible. Terrible. Um, At that point, it's time to go get a new job. Yeah. I mean, she had been there for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So there ain't no way she's leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't get rid of her, so... You know, she's stuck there until she decides to retire. Um, so, among working for the fire department, having two kids, being ex-military, and being married to a nurse, uh, I think you also have a business. Do you want to give a shout-out to your business? Yeah, it's uh, just starting up. I mean, we've been in the works for, like, four or five years, but it's me and a couple of my best friends that duck hunt a lot. It's called low tide waterfowl. Um, low tide, low tide wa- what? Low tide waterfowl. Okay. And, uh, you can look it up, lowtidewaterfowl.com. So, get some merchandise. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have there? Uh, just right now, it's stickers, hats, shirts, decals, stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. We got a couple things in the patent world. We're waiting to come back, and once those things are pending patent, I can start pushing them out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just waiting for that. It's a long process, expensive long process. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Mm. How long have you been duck hunting? Since I was 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, I remember you actually, you ordered a taxidermy kit, I think. I did. I've, I'm not 100% sure what it is. So. Yeah, taxidermy for my ducks. Uh, it's expensive to get your ducks um, mounted. And I thought it would be something cool to learn. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's tedious, um, time-consuming, which is hard when you got two boys, a house, wife, three dogs. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about the dogs. So it's a uh, it's a work in progress. I've gotten two ducks completely ready to be mounted. Um, just gotta wait till I have a full eight, ten hours where I can sit down and actually finish it because it's not something I can start and then take a break when you get to that point everything else you can refreeze when you get to the point of actually putting the mount on you need to finish it so, so they're frozen right now they're in my freezer yep oh, okay. completely um, ready to go everything's done they're just frozen oh okay mm-hmm. oh I didn't know you had a freezer I have two big deep freezers One's for my animals because my wife is a little sketchy about the animals in our regular freezer. Okay. So I got one freezer that's just dedicated to animals and the other one's for regular groceries. Oh, okay. Because you all, you do some other hunting too. Mm-hmm. Deer hunting, squirrel, turkey. do a lot of turkey hunting. Um, part of a hunt club and we get out there as much as we can. Try to kill a deer at least every year so I can keep the freezer full. Mm-hmm. This will actually be my first year I'm buying a quarter of a cow. Ooh. So, it'll, be, it'll come all processed and everything. Be it in September, the cow will be ready. Oh, shit. Even the next time you will buy a cow. Yeah. Yeah, I got two of my buddies right now. We're going in for half a cow. Uh, we're splitting it. Oh, so you guys are buying a whole cow. We're buying a half a cow. And oh, okay. Splitting it, and his, uh, my buddy Ryan's dad is buying the other half for himself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's a lot of meat, but it's good meat, and it's cheap. 
How you're much not, are they charging you uh, per pound? Of, you know, it's, I can't, I honestly, I don't remember. It's super cheap, though. I mean, it's half off, basically, what you would go buy it at the store for. Oh, okay. I mean, it's cheap. Oh, and so it's two fifty a pound. It's it's good pound. meat too. Nice. Yeah. Um. So coming back to the fire department, how does uh how does your boys feel about you being in the fire department? Oh, my boys love it. Why's that? Well, dad's a firefighter. It's just cool. Of course. And they get to ride on fire trucks and see the ambulances and um, you know. When they go to school, they're like, my dad's a firefighter. What's your dad do? You know? Well, my dad sits at a computer desk all day. You know? <laughs> it's like, lame. Yeah, then you got this dad that's like, hey, I'm a firefighter. Right, right. And then anytime they have fire drills at school or, like, my son was um, somewhere recently with his mom and, oh, they were driving and they came up on a car accident, so... They went to go make sure the lady was okay, and when all the engines and ladders showed up and the rescue, I was told that my son told every single one of them that my dad's a firefighter. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of cool. My other one's too young. He really doesn't understand yet, but the older one, he definitely loves it. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How about your wife? How does she? I know she's a nurse, so majority of the time nurses end up marrying firefighters. But Right. I don't know if it's a good decision, but yeah, they do. Because <laughs> um, the schedules are just so crazy. Um, she loves it. It's a job. You know, makes her nervous some days. So maybe all the time, just she doesn't really express it that often. You know, but you occasionally get it. You know. Mm-hmm. So you know it's in the back of their head because obviously anything can change any day, any call. Especially working on carriers and submarines things can change quickly yeah so well what I've noticed when I'm working for the city working for over here uh, every girlfriend I've had and every wife or girlfriend that people that I work with have their wives call them or girlfriends call them three four five times a day you know to check in and it may be for something kind of annoying, but uh, it's like, why aren't you answering the phone? Why aren't you answering my text messages? You know, so I'm sure that they, like you said, they might not say it, but I'm sure that it worries them. Yeah. Because I've had times where I didn't answer the phone right away because I, one, I'm terrible with answering the phone, <laughs> but if we're on a call and I don't answer, she had the number to my lieutenant and would or had the number to my firehouse and would end up calling that trying to figure out where I was. Um, how's your parents? How are your parents like it? I know mom's a nurse, but... Yeah, my mom's a nurse. So she's used to it. Actually, my very first code I ever had, I came rolling in doing CPR, riding the stretcher, and the patient went to her room. <laughs> I bet that was cool. Yeah, and she said that it was probably one of the craziest things, you know, to see your son doing CPR on somebody, rolling in on a stretcher to your room for the first time was was surreal, you know. Mm-hmm. But she said it was cool and kind of like crazy at the same time. So, Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she loves it. My dad loves it too. He, he's, a, he's a manager for a big soil company in L.A., 
so he doesn't really see it daily, but, you know, he loves it. He brags about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and we have the same name, so he always asks me for job shirts and stuff because they both say our name on it, so it's like it's his. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty cool. Well, and he gets to rep you and where you work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I had I had an old skullcap where I used to work and I had a bunch of them and my dad always wears them during the winter and I gave him one well he started walking around with it but it's got the name of the city all the way across it so it's real nice and bright and everything and he stopped wearing it except for when he was at home because he was like I don't want to be wearing this and like walking around and people see it and go hey because sometimes like he'll use he'll wear like my old shirts you know the ones that don't fit me anymore uh, he was like, I gotta stop wearing these things because people are gonna think that I'm the firefighter. <laughs> uh, I, uh, he used to work at Food Line, and you know the one right over here at, uh, right across from the Wawa, mm-hmm. right over here. Um, I guess some somebody passed out, or there was a car accident, or somebody hit a cop, like cop car or something, and that was my district at the time, and my dad ended up walking towards the front because he heard sirens and whatnot and I remember him telling me he was like yeah I was walking up front and then I just see my son pop out of the ladder and he's like that's my son what's going on over there (laughs) Uh, that's pretty cool I mean he's definitely kind of the same thing with your family extremely proud of it Um, yeah I mean he's been a meat cutter all of his life so uh I think that he was proud to not, because he told me when I worked at Foodline, he's like, you're not allowed to get other jobs in Foodline, because he was like, I don't want you to get addicted to the money. I want you to go do something else. So, luckily, I don't like Foodline's all that bad, but. Yeah. Uh, the fire department's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't want to work no damn. Especially now. We're going to need to edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to hear that part. We're going to write that down. 22 minutes. Um, So you had... Alright, you want to start with the gruesome part? Or you want to start with the the really good call that you had? Yeah, we'll end it with the gruesome one. Alright, yeah, I like that. Alright. Um, so you said you had a call with a 15 year old I think mm-hmm. yeah, you want to tell me about that one that's the gruesome one. Oh, that's the gruesome one oh, mm-hmm. I'll put that in the wrong spot then uh, alright then go with the good one because I don't know what that is so good call for me would be um, many many years ago I was still in the volunteer stage I wasn't a paid um, employee and I just got in a medic and we went to trailer park for a newborn unresponsive so automatically everybody's you know on edge super you know just focused and ready to act because obviously it's a newborn so it's 
you know, a touchier subject than if it was somebody of an older age. But got there, CPR, you know, the whole nine, you know how it goes. And we ended up getting a pulse back, started breathing on her own, got her the... Uh, Got to the hospital. They transferred her to the to the children's hospital, and she's still alive today. So, how old would she be now? You think? Man, she would be. That would have probably been around two thousand and five. She's, she's 15, 15, 16 by 16, now. Sixteen, yeah. So nice. Yeah. Yep. Did you ever hear anything back from them? I no, I, I know that she made a full recovery. Oh, okay. So I did. I did get that, but I, you know, ever, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Time flies by. So. Well, and you know, because I know with like certain EMS officers, they can of course call. Right. The hospital, and sometimes you know, good cases like that, especially on a code, and especially on a newborn, they'll kind of check back in. But after after that first time, it's extremely hard to kind of figure out yeah no I, I know that they did call check and you know they were told she made a full recovery and was discharged from the hospital and sent home so as far as I know she's still alive and doing well which is nice mm-hmm. so that would be that would be a good call there's been many a good calls but I would say that and with it being a newborn and being one of my very first like major calls as a medic that would be um, one of my top best calls. Mm. So, one of those calls where it's like, you know what? I was glad that I was a medic, you know, to be able to help somebody like that. Right, and you know, we uh, it's one that you won't forget. So, yeah. I mean, we've been on thousands of calls. I don't remember all of them, you know, but there are those handful or a dozen of them that you just will never forget. So. Yep. It's almost like you can. If you were able to take the images in your head, put them down in a book, you could almost oh the whole thing create the whole fucking thing. Yeah, absolutely. I always thought it was funny because uh, sometimes when you would have to go to court for certain calls, uh, one of the things they would always say is what you need to put on the report needs to be detailed because they're like, how are you? How do you expect to remember every detail of certain calls? But the thing is, like these people are not medics you train yourself to be able to remember a lot of these details and it's like man I can remember certain calls which side the car was on what color the car was it wasn't running uh, what windows were broke what we had to do who my crew was you know you remember all of these details Mm -hmm. Um, but of course you can't convince people of that no Um, it's got to be written down yep and of course they won't believe you Um, right but uh, I don't think I have a call written down that was good and that I can really remember off the top of my head. Uh, I have a terrible newborn call. Uh, I worked, I was getting my medic at the time and never done CPR before. And I was working at one of the hospitals doing my clinicals and they called in a newborn, uh, like, two-month-old, I think, little teeny thing, and it was a military dad, and I guess he was at home, or maybe it was the wife, I'm not 100% sure, but they rolled in and they were working on the newborn, and I was, of course, the 
going to be the grunt. I'm going to be the CPR guy because I'm, you know, brand new. But I was on a little tiny two-month-old, and apparently they had fell, in a, fell asleep. And I guess the dad rolled over on top of the newborn. Mm, um, and, of course, you know, trying to deal with that. And I was working alongside another guy that was getting his medic. And then, of course, the doctor uh, didn't understand that we were medic students. So he's, like, trying to give us orders. He's like, dude, we're, we're medics, man. Like, I don't know where anything is in this place. Um, unfortunately, they did not get that child back. But it was definitely weird doing, you know, they would teach you to do two-thumb CPR. Mm-hmm. But they don't really teach you, like, what that feels like. And yeah, you'll never know what it feels like till you do it. No. They There's no dummy out there that can teach you the real thing, so. No. Especially not when you got family crying, screaming oh, yeah. and yelling at you. Um, so I want to hear about this wood chipper call. Ooh, this was a tough one. Um, it's one of those ones that stick with you, too. Not necessarily the patient, because there was no patient. Um, I was this kid working for his uncle, and he was just scooping like the, you know, the the little limbs and leaves and dirt stuff on the ground outside the back of the chipper, and he would just chuck it into the back. Oh yeah, because you throw the big limbs in, mm-hmm. and then all the extra shit that fell on the outside. Right. You need to scoop that up, throw it in, yeah. create your mulch and whatnot. Right. So he, they're working in the back of the house. Obviously, the truck is in the front of the house. So unsupervised, and he, they just heard screaming for about ten seconds. And what the police or investigators come up with that he pushed, or he got the st- shovel stuck, probably put his foot up on the side of it to get leverage to pull oh, the shovel out shit. and then the it grabbed his foot well the uncle had removed all the safety bars to stop it because it can slow the job down safety bars if the limb hits it and it stops the engine and then you gotta like restart it oh, and get okay. it all unstuck so that the lever goes back down well he removed those so he didn't ever have to have that well in no, this, so it's like a quick switch. It's a quick. So if you if you hit it, then right, it'll cut the whole. It'll thing cut off. the whole thing off. Well, he oh. didn't have those because ah. he removed them, and so when his nephew went through it, um, about ten seconds took his whole body through. The only thing they were able to find was a piece of his finger and his intestines, um, and the rest of them was sprayed all over the house, the neighbor's house, the driveway, backyard, truck was dripping. You know, the one thing you remember the most of that call is just the smell. What do you think it smelled like? It smelled like a... It's like a metallic smell, mm-hmm. like a penny smell almost. Kind of like when you taste your own blood in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It was just that, but everywhere. Couldn't get away from it. Mm-hmm. It was just like stuck in your nose. Um, it was strong, and it was everywhere. Um... Just seeing the family, you know, and the uh, cleanup crew from Virginia Beach showing up mm-hmm. in all their hazmat suits to decon both the houses, the yard, and everything. It was just, it was a wild day. Oh, so, shit. we were there for a long time, and then we had to do shifts watching the house to make sure that, you know, everything stayed safe and 
the crews weren't bothered where they were cleaning and stuff like that. But, yeah, so that was the gruesome call. That was the nasty. I mean, we've had some gruesome calls, suicides and stuff like that, but that was probably the worst call. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we didn't do anything. Yeah, but still. Medic-wise. But still, like, the call itself was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of those ones that's going to stick with you forever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, i got to cut this short because my computer's dying. It's on 2% right now. Way to go. Yeah, I know. My, actually, no, my power cable's right here. No, it's not. It's in the back. Fuck. Never mind. Yeah, we're all right, on what 1%. was the last one? Oh, she's she's on 1% right now. You don't think we'll get through the last one? No. She's bit, she went on... When you started that story, it was on 5%. Ah, yeah, well, everybody, it's been wonderful being here. Well, thank you, Danny. Yeah. Uh, we will finish this at another point in time. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in um, to the second BWS podcast. Later.